Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Slowfoot. Check it out. Oh, there you go. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Frank, Mike, and Pete from Slowfoot. How you doing? Hey, man. Thanks for having us on. We're uh, hanging out, just chilling, uh, ready to rock and roll with you tonight. Excellent. Fantastic. And we've got uh, Peter. Uh, Peter J. Hey, hey Hi. how are you doing? And we've got Kip. Are you there, Kip? Oh, he muted You're his muted. Mic. Yeah, buddy. Still working on this technology thing. <laughs> he's from Chicago. He's a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in central time. So we'll cut him, we'll cut him some slack. So, But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for being on Fans of Bands. I really appreciate it. Um, Frank, you had reached out to me and uh said you were interested in being on fans with bands and so i was checking out the videos you guys have and i really dig the music i i did not know about you guys until you'd reached out and i was checking it out and i was like wow this is really cool because uh number one i love you know guitar driven rock and roll and uh you guys got this kind of soulful vibe going uh great vocals and just a real cool a mix of music and you did some really cool covers i love that cover of government mule you guys did that was fantastic um and then ripping it up at that there's a video uh at somebody's wedding and you guys are tearing it up it was like holy shit, this is awesome so so that's uh that was our buddy uh emily and mitch's wedding up in uh, uh the upper peninsula here in michigan up in uh uh train michigan yeah oh, and, really uh, awesome yeah, they rented a whole um a whole camp site like a whole campground and we all like stayed in cabins and tents let me tell you something man it was like 45 degrees during the day in the sun and uh <laughs> me and my lady had a cabin with a heater in it and some of these people were rough neck camping and it was dude it was cold <laughs> it was cold it was like uh late october or mid-october wedding it was oh just man. freezing man <laughs> good time was had by all awesome it was sure yeah kip still can't remember what he forgot (laughs) sure can't (laughs) but yeah that that video that uh i think it's on tiktok that video of us playing that buddy my it's a buddy miles song we're playing and uh yeah everybody was just uh locked in that night and just grooving real hard uh so that, that was a lot of fun man that's awesome awesome so um you know, I had my take of, of your music from seeing the videos and checking out stuff you had on Facebook and Reverb Nation, but I was kind of wanted to get your guys' take. Like, what do you think of Slowfoot as a, your musical style? We're terrible, man. Uh, <laughs> Is that a genre? Terrible? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> disappointing. I, I think that... Um, a variety of terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's an eclectic group of terribleisms no uh i think that we're we're soulful and we're bluesy but i don't think we're blues and we're not really like hard rock yeah. um we just kind of play what we like and we play what we feel um to try and genre is tough um, i know that yeah. question always gets me every time but it's it's like rock and rock and bluesy kind of soulful stuff yeah, it's very American in, in its roots, you know? It's very Americana. Very cool. You know? I like that, yeah. So you got a, a yeah. your, is it the, I think it's your first album called uh, Something Good coming out on, you've got an album release the 23rd at Otis Supply, is that correct? 
December 23rd, we're releasing our album, Something Good, uh, at Order Supply in Ferndale. And uh, the the album drops the same day on all major streaming platforms. I believe uh, December 9th, which is two days from today, um, it'll be available for pre-sale on iTunes or cool. Apple Music. I don't know if those are two things. I'm getting older and I don't really understand what the whippersnappers are doing anymore <laughs> with the music. <laughs> with the iTunes and the Amazons and the the Deezers and the, right. there's a whole bunch of them, but uh, we uh we just got the CDs in the mail. Uh, CDs. Yeah. <laughs> do do. I don't know <laughs> what we're gonna do with them, but uh, we have them, and we're so excited, man. We've been making new merch and uh, really hammering down our set. We've got a guest percussionist Dan Wallet coming in to uh to do the do the Santana piece there. He's got congas and timbales and bongos. Wow, and, cool shakers and bells and whistles and screamers and laughers and all the fun stuff you know yeah so uh i think i saw that that was recorded at the temper mill is that correct we did the bed tracks at temper mill in ferndale okay, okay. um and then peter J has a space in his basement and we did all of the overdubs all the reworks um pretty much you know, if Temper Mill caught the heart of the album, uh, Peter J's basement caught the soul of it. You know, it was all the, all the everything else was done there, and we we spent way more time at Peter J's house than we did at the Temper Mill. Here, you could see some of it here. It, oh, it's a pretty yeah. groovy room, you know. Yeah, for sure. It's very, very, very comfortable. Yeah, hell oh, yeah. yeah! It's a very, it's a very cozy. <laughs> very nice. So, um, oh yeah. So. It, so yeah, where was the mixing? We got some great tracking here. Oh, cool. So Peter J did the mixing and mastering as well. Same place. Nice, nice. In the bunker there. Uh, so we've known Peter J for for forever. It seems like uh, there used to be a blues club in Auburn Hills called Callahan's. Yeah, I remember that and, place. Uh, yeah, Peter J was the the dude behind uh, the magic there. He was uh, in charge of all the audio there. So um, he. I believe our first, the first record that we ever did, uh, we were in a band called Dirty Basement Blues. Peter, Michael, and myself were in a band called Dirty Basement Blues, and we recorded our first record um, at the sound shop out in Macomb. Uh, Josh Ford engineered it and produced it for us, and then Peter uh, mastered it for us. Cool. And then our second album was a live album called at Callahan's. Peter J mixed and mastered it for us, and then when Slowfoot was ready to do our record, it was like it was a no-brainer. You know, we were going. We were riding with our guy here, so right, <laughs> excellent. We did a lot of shows together, yeah. for a long, many years. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, so you know, you know each other, and uh, you know tendencies, and you know uh, temperaments, and all that. Because you start getting into recording, and uh, you're <laughs> you're gonna have to redo stuff, and you get frustrated with things, and it, you right. know, it's it's not it's not all uh, rainbows and lollipops, you know. <laughs> That's for sure, man. That's for sure. So, um, <laughs> so how did you guys get together? How did the band Slowfoot come about? And uh, before you answer that, uh, how did you come up with the name? Um, so the name is, so Slowfoot originally was uh, myself, Michael, uh, Chris, and Adam Stone was the drummer. Adam ended up wanting to do something different uh, than what we were doing at the time. So we brought in our current drummer, Tony. Uh, he, he like broke his foot <laughs> or maybe ankle playing hockey, like two weeks after he joined the band oh, man. and it was, it was his high hat foot. So it's like, it was fine, but he was like, we rehearsed in a notoriously dirty basement. Um, 
just like beer cans and drums and guitar parts and God knows what else down there. Um, so it's kind of tough to, to walk through. And he was like crutching his way through the, the filth. And uh, Mike goes, hey, hurry up, slow foot. We got to practice or something, something like that. And we've been trying to figure out a name for months. And that was just it just stuck, you know, so that's slow foot. It's people always Excellent. think we're like riffing off the Clapton thing and we're, we're not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was wondering too if it was the uh you know slow hand slow foot but yeah that's cool no it's just it's way stupider than that <laughs> so how long have you guys been together i think we've been together uh in this capacity for five years but i always lose track of it because i lose track of everything anymore but uh i think in this iteration we've been together about five years and uh we have we did one kind of halfway live cd uh, when we played at Callahan's and uh, it was just kind of, we recorded that night, just spur of the moment, whatever. And we, and Peter J mixed it and mastered it for us, but this is our first like studio. We get to go in and like really work it out and do exactly what we wanted to do sort of thing. So this is, this is probably the biggest moment uh, as a band for us getting this album out. It feels like, uh, it's like we're birthing a child. <laughs> So what was it like uh, for you guys to record this? I mean, had you, um, oh, let, I guess let me back up. The the songs that you've got on this album, um, what was the songwriting like for you guys? Did you, um, were you going into the studio, putting stuff together in the studio, or did you have a, a catalog of songs you had ready to go? We had everything pretty much ready to go. There's one song um, that was written about two weeks before we went into the studio that didn't end up making it. Um, so we're still kind of working that one out, but, uh, everything else was pretty much done. It was a collection of songs for myself that I'd been working on since I be begun writing songs, you know, uh -huh. that I've just been, that I'd never recorded. And then I think I wrote three new ones to put on the record. And then Pete here wrote, uh, two songs going home and, uh, day job, which are like the two coolest songs on the record because Pete writes really good songs, but <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so there was one song called um, Peace of Mind. It was really cool. Like the idea of it's really cool, but it just, it wasn't ready yet. Like right. there was no, there was no point in trying to massage this thing to life. Uh, you know, just, just wait on it and we'll, we'll get it on the next go around. But songwriting's always been a weird thing for me. Um, I don't have a method to it. I don't write a melody and then write words or i don't write a guitar part and then the vocal line or anything like that it just whatever happens happens you know usually yeah. i'll be working on a guitar groove or something and something will stick and then it just it evolves it unfolds man you know how it goes yeah so but do you guys um is it more like if you pete or anybody else in the band comes forward with like a kind of a almost fully formed uh song or is it like you said like a riff or somebody comes up with a drum pattern or something like that and then go oh that sounds really cool add on somebody that comes in and goes oh let's change this let's add this bass riff blah, blah blah i think it's a little bit of both uh it just depends on really the song because i we've experienced both of both of those things uh down in the rehearsal room usually it's somebody will come with a fully formulated idea or something uh -huh. but it's you know it's all open open to interpretation and uh evolution at that point and you know, you got to do whatever the song needs, right? You got to do, right. if, if something's not working, you just got to figure it out and, and go around it. But uh, I don't know. I, I think songwriting is probably one of the most important 
talents you can have as a musician. It's probably the one people have the least. Um, writing good <laughs> songs is really hard. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what got you guys into wanting to make music? What, who was there a particular person or an album or you saw a band or something that said, "Oh man, I want to do that," and moved go around the horn for the folks that are over there. Pete, what made you get into music? Oh man, step. You know, <laughs> musicians have always in my life were always my heroes. Uh, so probably started off with my dad's friends and church musicians and just people on TV. I don't know. I just always idolize musicians. I guess a lot of my kids idolize right sports guys usually. <laughs> awesome. And then I never like really outgrew it. I guess it, it just stuck with me. That's uh, cool. Yeah. It cool. just sort of became the thing that I respected the most. And so it's the thing I want to do the most. Awesome. Awesome. Frank, for me, it was uh, for me, it was a bunch of different stuff that made me get into music. Uh, the first things like the Beatles. Uh, I started listening to the Beatles when I was in like the fifth or sixth grade. And uh, just hearing those early records, uh, I was like, oh, man, I got a guitar when I was 12, I think. And then kind of I got into Hendrix and Zeppelin and and all of those things. My dad bought all those records for us when we were kids. So we were listening to it. And then uh, movies, man, like when Michael J. Fox plays the <laughs> the Red 335 and uh, Back to the Future, it's yeah. like the crowd's going wild. And like the that thing you do, that movie, it's just you see that stuff. You're like, oh, that's kind of I want to do that. That looks cool. And uh, I finally got a Red 335. I man. did finally get a Red 335 just because of Back to <laughs> the Future. But no, it's uh, music's always seemed like it. Uh, it called it called to me uh, more than most anything else. And uh, you stick with what you know. That's cool. Very cool. Hey, Mike, well, what got you into music? Can you hear Mike? My story is pretty much okay. like Pete's. Yeah. My dad was getting together with his friends playing music, and you know they looked cooler than me, so I decided to do it. Side <laughs> note: They still look cooler than Mike. <laughs> Awesome. To me, music was like an alternative to like a parenting. It was like a, it, it was another type of parenting for me that really clicked. And lyrics, it didn't matter who it was. One line of a lyric could really teach me something. You know, whether it was Zeppelin or Beefheart or Hendrix or something, a, a lyric could just help me in life, you know. And it was like, and it became a calling for me. It was like, I have to follow this path. Because I like, you know, the, the type of uh, parenting that uh, music was doing for me. And cool. not that my parents were bad at it, but it, yeah. it, it, was, it was more relevant to the times growing up, you know, than uh, they could understand. Yeah, awesome. So um, kind of along those lines, you know, Peter, what was the very first album you ever bought? Me? Yeah. Oh, uh, my first album I bought, uh, uh, Zappa's Freak Out. <laughs> Oh really? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a little uh, right. A uh, little parenting, but you know that that, that helped in life. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Not to oh. mention the course. <laughs> uh, Frank, how about you? What was your first album that you got? First album I ever personally bought was um, the Marshall Mathers LP by Eminem, <laughs> and I remember this. Um, vividly we were at target and i knew that 
my mom would buy it for me, but I knew she would want me to get the one without the parental advisory sticker on that, you know? Yeah. Which wasn't cool, man. If you had the one with the cuss words taken out of it, you were like a loser <laughs> or whatever. At school. I was in like the fifth grade or whatever, right. you know? So I hid all of the parental advisory ones <laughs> in another aisle at Target. And I was like, mom, they don't have, all they have is the one with the cuss words on it. And she said, if you're walking around the house swearing, I'm going to beat your ass. This is what she said to me. And uh, it never happened. She didn't beat my ass at all. And I was walking around cussing like an mf around there, like rapping Slim Shady. Uh, that's a stark change from the Beatles, huh? Right, it is. Holy cow. So uh, I'm kind of curious. So how, how did you get, how did you go from the Beatles to, uh, to, to Eminem? I mean... Well, it was kind of like when I was a kid, uh, you know, fourth and fifth grade, that's what people were listening to. So I guess, yeah, the Will Smith, Will Ennium record and uh, the Baja, man, I had that CD. I had uh, Limp Biscuit, Linkin Park, all that stuff. And and it was just what people were listening to. And we'd be like roller skating at the Rolladium, listening to Limp Biscuit or whatever. Excellent. And then I just I. It was cool, whatever. But when I started listening to the Beatles and uh, Zeppelin was the next one for me, it was like, oh, oh, that's music. Okay, yeah, like I get right. it now. Like, yeah, Limp Bizkit, great. <laughs> you start listening like Strawberry Fields Forever, and you're like, okay, there's there's the difference. And not you know, not being a snob or anything like no, that. No, no, yeah. I mean, it, there's, you know, there's great music across all genres, really, you know, but certain things speak to you more than others. And, you know, uh, and yeah, it's, you know, it, I was a late bloomer, actually, to the Beatles. I mean, for the longest time. It's so it was funny. I was just talking with a, uh, somebody else last night about uh, being a late bloomer to Queen and the police as well, because, you know, when I was a kid, I was listening to Kiss and pretty much just listened to Kiss, you know, the, all the time and then got into heavier stuff like Iron Maiden and Juice Priest and stuff. And so I didn't really listen to the Beatles until, I don't know, maybe I was like 18 or 19. And then I finally listened and I was like, oh, shit, I've been missing all this, you know. And then the police, I didn't get into them until, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago. And I was like, shit, I missed all this. <laughs> I still haven't done the police thing. Um, and I know like, every, yeah, everybody always says <laughs> Come on, you got to get well, in. Yeah, it's like everything. It's still there. It's not right. like it went anywhere. So yeah, exactly. A coworker, a coworker of mine uh, is has been begging me to watch The Wire on HBO. <laughs> He's been begging me to watch it. And I watched <laughs> one episode of it. And I was like, I don't know. I had a hard time paying attention to it, whatever. And he goes, just watch it, man. Just keep going through it. So I text him. I was like, dude, I started watching The Wire. I'm like three episodes into it. It's so good. And he was like, thank you so much for watching it. I wish I was in your shoes and I could just rewatch it again for the first time. <laughs> and like, that's what, you know, when you start digging into a band, like I've been getting really into Little Feet lately. And uh, I just, I'm like, how did I, ne- how did this get past right. me? This is like so cool. Right. <laughs> this is so cool. How did I not know this was here? Uh, <laughs> but it's so cool to find it. And it, it really never is the same. You know, you listen to a record the first three or four times, you're like, oh, it's like lightning in a bottle. Right. Like I see them. And then what I, what I do, this is the, this is the timeline of music for me. I hear a song and I'm like, oh my God, that's the best song ever. <laughs> And then I listened to it 400 times in like three days and I'm singing it to myself. And then I learned to play it on the guitar 
and then it's ruined for me. I don't even really like it that much anymore. <laughs> I, it's like you, like you know the like, song now. Like I don't know what it is. I do it like every new song I find. I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's like if if I can play it, it can't be that cool. That, that's funny. If I can play it, it can't be that cool. Right. <laughs> no, you didn't write it. Yeah, but I can still do it. So it's like, you know, <laughs> average at best. Right. Oh, man. So, Pete, how about you? What was your first um, uh, album? I can't remember for sure my first album. I want to say it's Chuck Berry's Greatest Hits. Does that count as an album? Nice. Yeah. Hell I'm yeah. lucky I get to say a cool one. The first purchase I can remember Whoa. making in a record store, though. Is Funky Town. All right. <laughs> nice. That's a so, classic, yeah. man. <laughs> I mean, I was a little kid when that came out, and that little talk box I thought was just badass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, then I learned about Lynn drum machines and all kinds of other things. That probably started my synthesizer. Yeah, we have yeah. to hide Pete's synthesizer from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't have a conversation. They have to take it away from. He's me. making beep boop noises in the corner. <laughs> we don't know what's going on. Well, you broke you broke the Farfusa temper mill. So <laughs> you know what? I'm happy to report it is it is, it is back up and running. <laughs> I was back out there to do some overdubs with One Ton Trolley. Do you know them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting in with I did some organ tracks for them, and um, yes, the temper mill Farfisa is back up and rocking. Yeah, we, had, we had Farfisa Oregon on uh, Mexico Lindo, which is the only cover track on our record, but it's a cover of a local band that Mike was in, uh, Jam Sandwich, like oh, probably cool. 15 years ago. But uh, we covered the song Mexico Lindo, and for Pete's Oregon Soul, I was like, well, they have a Farfisa, man. We should use this Farfisa. That's so sick. And uh, I think it was his second take, and he just lays down this whopper of a solo, dude. <laughs> killer solo and the the organ literally dies as he's taking his last the last 10 notes and it cuts oh, off right. and it was like there's no way like we're not using that so peter j like sprinkled some fairy dust on it i don't even know what he did but it worked and it's it, it's awesome oh, that's cool i had some extra dust around <laughs> i had some, some laying around with the zappa ant right the bottom and in a little ziploc bag <laughs> beef art dust well i'll tell you what like just sitting watching um engineers work on recordings like there's so many times where i was like this is terrible there's nothing nothing can be done about this it's terrible it's awful and peter J's like hold on hold on <laughs> calm down what about something like this let's nice. try it we can undo we can always undo which yeah. is my it's like let's just try it dude we can always undo it <laughs> I'd give him a list of like 500 things and the next day he'd be like, he'd be like, well, what else do you hear? And I'm like, well, and he didn't, doesn't tell, he didn't tell me that all the edits are done. He's like, he's like, we'll make a list now. And I'm like, I swear I'm not hearing any of the things that I was hearing before. And he was like, yeah, I fixed them, dude. I was like, Oh, <laughs> all so right. You can, there you wasn't can fix stuff. The wizard. There wasn't that many. You got, <laughs> there wasn't that many. <laughs> <laughs> 10 million mistakes the album was more mistake than boy yeah that was and... good. that was the first title 10 million mistakes but yeah <laughs> a jagged little pill yeah. we would try for that one but somebody already taken it it's, it's weird hey what's uh, that uh what's that guitar back there is that a 335 she got uh oh the let's see so you got two gold tops this little guy right there yeah uh that's uh, that's my uh, mom's les paul signature 
Um, so it's not technically a 335, um, but it does have uh, some. Oh, semi- cool. huh? that's your mom's. Yeah, that's uh, um, she bought that in 76. She's awesome, man. Yeah. Bring her down. Bring her in your studio. Oh. <laughs> yeah, bring it in. <laughs> no, bring then, her in. Oh, yeah. Well, my great. mom's passed away, but. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I, I inherited her, her guitar, so. Yeah, and then the uh, the other gold top is is mine. That's uh, I think it's a two thousand three Les Paul. So you and your mom liked uh, Gibson gold tops, huh? Yeah, I you know actually the um, I think it was was it Sears? Sears used to sell like um, Silvertone. Yeah, yeah, like a Les Paul looking guitar, and um, we had one at the house, and it was it was in totally bad shape. I mean, the neck was coming off it and everything. So I asked my mom you know, can I take it and try to work on it? And it, it was unplayable, you know, when I got done with it, I put strings on it, but I painted it gold. Um, so put it like sparkle gold top on it. You know, it was, you know, just spray paint, you know, it was, it was, hey, it was, it was it a monstrosity. <laughs> so yeah, once I uh, got enough money to get my own Les Paul, I had to get a gold top. So that, or, um, you know, the white, you know, cause I was a huge fan or still am of uh, Randy Rhodes and he had that white, Les Paul, yeah. Spiral, no, is not that, the no, not the Zach Wild. That's Zach Wild. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I start getting confused when you start getting <laughs> into hard stuff. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Where am I? Uh, so I played a black Strat, a black hardtail Strat, for years, for like ten years, and I always played. I always thought Hendrix was like the man. So yeah, I was like first guitar I got was a green plywood Squire Strat, like the front man pack. It came with a little 15 watt amp or whatever. Oh yeah. And uh, for my 16th birthday, my dad uh, was a mechanic. He still is, but uh, he was like, do you finish a motor job in the driveway and hands me like a thousand bucks and like, go get a guitar, go get a nice guitar. And I went and bought my, uh, my black hardtail Strat American. And uh, I played that thing for like 10 years and I went up to motor city guitar to warranty a cable and i saw the 335 that i have now it's like a red flame maple top um and it's just the prettiest little girl you've ever seen in your life and uh I bought... my favorite guitar ever i love that thing i'm so glad you... i'm more i'm more glad he got it than i think that he is so i uh, i brought that thing home and uh, i haven't i haven't touched my strat since and i like i think about it all the time I'm like i really should play the strat and then i pull out the 335 and i'm like hey. i know yeah, three thirty-five. It's all over the record. It sounds beautiful. It's yeah. a big. Yeah, it's especially good in slow foot, um, because Mike plays with a solid body strat sound. Yeah, Mike has the Paul Reed Smiths uh, or Fender leads. He has a Fender leads too, but yeah, it does give give us a different uh, texture. And yeah. you know, as we're as we're kind of growing as a band, we're trying to get more into the dual guitar lead and guitar mini stuff, and. Uh, it's a different, it's a total different way of thinking. If you've never, like, if you've never dipped your toes into it, you know, there's some learning that goes along with it that you have to do. And so we're kind of working on it. Cause I think, you know, we've got the guy playing a Hammond organ through Leslie and uh, we got the soulful vocals and, you know, the good rhythm section and the bass player that can do some, some really uh, interesting things outside of the box type stuff. It's like, you know, we should probably incorporate a little more Almond Brothers uh, <laughs> stuff with us, play some more fifth uh, fifth harmonies. Do yeah, some weird hell yeah. I love the Almond things. I love the Almond Brothers. So, yeah, love those. Uh, the, uh, you know, almost jazzy, um, 
uh, interplays between the guitars is very cool. So uh, speaking of Mike, uh, what was Mike's first album? Is he still there? Mike, Mike left. Mike's Mike? gone. He's... All right. Mike, here. Uh, what was the first, <laughs> first, record, album, first record you ever bought? First record I ever bought was uh, uh, the Black Metallica album and Use Your Illusions. Oh, really? Awesome. Good. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, we got uh, somebody else is joining. So, is it uh, Hutchinson? Oh, geez. <laughs> Audio's connecting. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. I wonder which Glenn this could be. We know at least 75 Glenns. 75 Glenns. <laughs> They're going to scum up the airwaves. Hey, Kip's here. Hey, Kip, Kip's where have you been? Kip, where have you been? Just listening. Hey, uh, Kip, uh, what, uh, Kip, what was your uh, first what, album? What was your first album? Uh, so I was late to the album game, but I my, the first album I purchased was Brothers and Sisters by the Allman Brothers. Oh, Ooh, doozy. Doozy. Yeah. It was a good start. Nice. Uh, Glenn, can you hear us? Glenn, can you hear us? Oh, we got a little echo, too. Must be coming from Kip's phone. Oh, yeah. Because I don't hear any mutes. Yeah. Hey, Glenn, can you hear us? Hello, Glenn. Glenn? Oh, he's... Oh, now I remember my first proper album. Proper? Proper? Weird what Al. was it? Weird Al? It was... Uh, is it called Eat It? It's the album that had Eden on it. <laughs> Weird Al. Nice. It's funny how many people. That's so... the first like full album I went out and bought. <laughs> it's funny how many people like either say uh, Weird Al or um, what was the other one I was thinking of? But Weird Al comes up a lot, like being a an album that a lot of people start off with. So I'm like, that dude is all over the place. <laughs> he is. <laughs> my older sister, uh, both both my older sisters loved loved music, and they had a whole rack of tapes and CDs in their oh. room. But I was like the little brother. I was baby, baby brother. So like they wouldn't let me touch anything. Cause it quote unquote, I broke everything right. and that <laughs> may, may or may not be true. But, uh, I <laughs> just, my, my older sisters, like the, the bare naked ladies a lot. And the cranberries. I remember the cranberries. Is it zombie? Zombie. Is that a cranberry yeah. Song? Oh yeah. That one. And, uh, Alanis Morissette and, uh, Shania Twain. I like Shania Twain too, but that right. was a different thing than, uh, who music. doesn't love Shania Twain? Oh, big Absolutely time. Absolutely love Shania. Yeah. You got, you better believe it. So we we like to keep it eclectic over here at the slow foot, you know, in the <laughs> slow foot camp. We yeah, like to keep it, keep it real. There's nothing wrong with that, man. So, uh, kind of on, on first, uh, what was the very first concert you went to? I will never forget this. It was Foghat because oh, really? I had a <laughs> I had just gotten the Foghat best of record or whatever. It's like Fool for the City and Slow Ride and uh I just want to make love to you, Maybelline, stuff like that on it. Yeah. And there do you remember uh are you from like the Oakland County metro Detroit area? Uh, I'm in Ann Arbor, but I used to I grew, I was born in Detroit, so I know the area. So Pine Knob had the the five dollar voucher concerts when I was like <laughs> 13 14 years old right and fog hat was coming i forget like with blue oyster cult or something like that and my dad says to my older sister hey there's a concert coming with fog hat this band from when i was a kid i'd like you to see them and i was like i want to go and my sister was like you're too young to go but yeah <laughs> Uh, I think I was 12 or 13 years old. It was cool. That's a perfect time to see Foghead, I think, for sure. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. 
Uh, how about uh, Pete? Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, think you get, I wasn't allowed to go to concerts till I was kind of old because that's how my parents were. They're afraid I'd go get high. And I guess <laughs> I proved, they, that proved to be a problem with concerts <laughs> and music. So what was so the first, first one? Though, yeah. was Harry Connick Jr. Oh, nice. And it was it was uh, Madison Square Garden. And oh. my mom actually had to go like like get tickets for me. Like if so, it was pretty cool. So wow. we got tickets from your friends, and we hopped on a train to go see uh, Harry Connick Jr. And that's God, that concert was good. <laughs> nice. I don't know anything. I mean, they've that... all gone on to their own. That whole big band's gone on to their own greatness too. Yeah. I don't know anything that Harry Connick Jr. does? What is? I hear the name. Before. Uh, he does. He does big band. Uh, yeah. And this is when he was sort of in his Frank Sinatra era, I guess. I would yeah. Say. Because that's how I, how I think of Harry Connick is the, um, you know, he did a lot of like the standards. Era. Yeah. That Frank did. So, yeah. With, with the same big band kind of thing. And um, like, I, I guess that'd be con considered technically like 40s jazz, but yeah, very cool. Yeah, pretty much it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then I followed that up with Fish. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just to prove my mom right, I went and got high and got acid at the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Peter J, how about you, man? Where's your first show? Well, yeah, well, um, it was the Livonia Ice Rink, and I was too young to really go inside, but it was the Stooges were playing in the ice rink, and oh. I was like, and I, I was on my bike, you know, my little Schwinn bike, you know, banana seat, whatever, and, and and everyone was like, you know, Livonia didn't really have hippies; they had like more like greasers, you know, like greasy hair, feathers, and you know, it was a tough looking crowd. And they were talking about like the band inside was the Stooges, which I thought was hilarious because I was like 10. So it was like the Stooges, you know. So outside of the hockey rink, it was just this cacophony of like just <laughs> this kind of thing, you know, which I thought was incredible. Yeah. So it doesn't really count as my first concert, but but wow, you know. <laughs> and then later I got to find out who the Stooges were. But at the time, it was just like this this band with this hilarious name. Yeah. But what we're doing to that hockey rink, you know. <laughs> The very hockey rink I learned how to skate in, you know, they were destroying it. And I thought that was incredible. And, and then I saw Kiss in 75. That was my first real indoor concert was Kiss in 75. That was it blowing up and, you know, everything was, that was, that was pretty mind blowing too for a 14 year old, you know? Yeah. Was that at Kobo? But, yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know if that was a live album or not, but it was like 75. And, uh, you know, for a kid, it was it was pretty huge, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. When I got Kiss Alive, yeah. I was in sixth grade and I was like, well, my parents are like, what the hell is this? You know, but I was I heard it at school and I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah. Chuck, were your parents cool or were they like worried that you were going to like be like knights in Satan's service <laughs> and all that <laughs> stuff? Yeah, no, no they, they were spray painting guitars together, right? Right. That's Rock right. Roll, yeah. Mom. yeah. My, my mom, well, my dad was, uh, so both my my mom used to play in a country band and um but she was also um she taught guitar too but she um she was open to all kinds of different music and uh, my dad was pretty much country you know he George Jones and which I liked um still do uh George Jones and um you know uh shit blanking out right now but uh, cuz I can just think of George Jones and Tom T Hall and that kind of stuff um but they were too, you know, they were fine with whatever I was listening to as long as I wasn't, you know, trying to 
murder chickens or something like that. My my dad would give me a hard time because I think What's wrong with murdering chickens? I know, you know, when uh, when I started getting into metal, you know, and then, uh, you know, you had the Ozzy albums and, and that stuff. They're like, oh, what's good? What's this? You know, but or the Gene Simmons with the blood, you know, big posters and stuff. They're like, oh, but uh, I just cool have to clarify. It. I have to clarify something. Pete raises chickens <laughs> at his house, so he <laughs> Wait, what's wrong with killing chickens? um, He uh, does uh, kill chickens from time to time. I wouldn't call it murdering them or anything. He's not maiming them. (laughs) He he got a kick out of that. But I've eaten a lot of their their eggs. He's like, hell yeah, we got to murder these chickens all the time. He goes, what's wrong with murdering chickens? We can edit that part out, right? (laughs) Oh, man. That's the six-second sound preview so for the episode. It depends on what you do with the chicken after you murder it. I mean, do you cook it or do you, do you just let it lay there? Right. So if you cook it, you're cool. You're cool if you cook it. Oh, that's no. right. Yeah, that's sure. That's that's the point. Pluck it and season it, I think, right. is the acceptable it's answer. It's not, yeah. it's, uh, not, it's not murder. You're off the hook. Yep, there you go. Uh, Kip, how about you? Is your legal distinction? Yes, it's not I, murder if you eat them, Your Honor. <laughs> Didn't work for <laughs> uh, Oh man! Uh, hey, Kip, uh, how about you? What was your first uh, concert? Uh, my first concert was actually Trey Anastasio at uh, the Chicago Theater when I was uh, 15 years old. Me and my buddy convinced our parents to let us buy tickets on a Tuesday night, and we took the train down. And we went, you know, we're these young, innocent kids. So then we end up getting to the Chicago theater. We're like third level, real high. And our seat was broken. So the ushers gave us seats on the first level in the way back. So then my buddy turned to me and he's like, dude, we're sneaking up front. I was, you know, like, I don't know, man, they're going to kick us out. Like, I'm real scared. (laughs) So we ended up like sneaking up to, uh, we were fifth row when we were 15 years old at a tray show after fish broke up. So that was pretty wild. Awesome. And then his dad picked us up and he said, out walks just a billow of smoke when the doors open (laughs) and just the dirtiest humans you could imagine. And there's my son and his best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he didn't, he didn't have the um, uh, almost famous thing where they, you know, the little, when she's whistling to him, don't do drugs. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> don't do drugs, mom. <laughs> uh, oh, man. The best scene in that entire movie is when his mom calls and the one, <laughs> the one groupie answers the phone. And she's yeah. just talking to his mom for 20 minutes. Right. You know, yeah. your, your kid's a good kid. Take it from me. And his mom's just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That movie is classic. I love that one. Um, you know, um, where was I going to go with that? Uh, oh, so, you know, as far as like, um, places you could play, uh, for Slowfoot, uh, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you guys like to play and who would you like to have on the show with you? Like anytime in space and anytime in space. Yep. That doesn't apply. I'd, well, personally, I'd like to play in front of the pyramids, uh, and it could be with or without the dead at the same time that they played the pyramids. Who am I 
you know, to say <laughs> whether or not the dead could be there, but that would be sweet. I just would like to go see the pyramids, man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> practical venue, uh, conventional venue, uh, oof, Fillmore East back when it was like really going on. That would yeah. be cool. Play play one of those shows would be sweet. What about you, Pete? Jeez, uh, I like your pyramid idea for. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to oh, do the movie out there at the pyramids. <laughs> why not? But I was just I was just watching. I mean, let's go with classic Red Rocks. You know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. the show would also be pretty sweet. That's what Red, I mean. Red Rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Be way cool. Yeah, I'd like to just go see a show there. Uh, still on one of my I, there. I'd like to. Go yeah, I haven't seen a show there either. Just yeah. I think I mean, Mike's was, the only one of us that has been out to Red Rocks. They saw Humphreys McGee there two nights in a row, I think. Oh, I've wow. been there. I saw Panic play there. It was <sighs> fan-diddly-tastic. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'd like to go there to see a show, and I'd like to see one at the Ryman. I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. We're going to go back in time and, and doing a show at the Wetlands. Oh, yeah. I kind of missed that boat by not a whole lot. If my time and place had been a little bit different, I would have done some wetland shows. <laughs> I think Marcus King just got done playing at the Ryman. I know Billy's played there, I think, multiple times. Billy Strings. Yep. Yep. Man, that's yep. A, just a historic venue, man. Yeah. Yeah, we did a tour. We went down to Nashville I was like, uh, five years ago and did uh, did the tour, which was really cool. Um, went to the, like, the, the new um, Grand Ole Opry like stage and check that oh. out and went over to the the Ryman to check that out too. So it was, it was cool, but I would definitely like to see a show there. Cause it seems like it would just be, you know, fantastic. There's a venue that's like underground. It's like in a cave. I don't know if you guys heard of it, but I've seen the pictures, but the caverns, right? Yeah. That, that would be pretty amazing. Yeah. Acoustically it's supposed to be like phenomenal and it's under, you, underground, right? You go underground and it's, I think it's uh it's it's like restricted to like non-electric bands because oh. I think like they don't know if it's structurally sound or not. Like really? too many vibrations. Yeah, they're they're concerned with the volume down there a lot. Oh, right. Because yeah, <laughs> if you don't have uh Black Sabbath play down there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not man. there with the who opening We're yeah the Wo- woodstock 99 era corn can't play there right oh. <laughs> gbs actually hosts a lot of like shows that they play like they'll play um like uh artists at that venue that you can watch and they're all like acoustic bands you're exactly right frank like billy's played there ohio isn't it uh no i'm pretty sure it's tennis kentucky maybe tennessee tennessee kentucky one of the two makes yeah, okay. more sense yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was not too far in that kind of cave structure that Mammoth Caves is, but not in Mammoth Caves, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. Looks amazing. Looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's another one. I, I, I gotta make a list so I can actually get to these places. It would be cool. I was in DTE is fabulous. I'm yeah. happy to show DTE that. upsets me because and I'll <laughs> tell you why. Not the electric company. Yeah, Pine Knob. Sorry, Pine, is it Pine Knob still? Yeah, it's, it's no, back it to Pine Knob. Yeah. A little bit longer. But regardless of that, naming <laughs> naming rights aside, you guys are always about the money. But they stop like they're 
the the speakers on the outside of the pavilion are no longer on like we wouldn't notice and it sounds like um can i swear on this show yeah yeah it sounds like a bag of dicks if you're on the hill <laughs> i once saw steely dan there and i was pretty excited about it and i was like row 10 or something in the pavilion i was like it doesn't even sound good down here what is happening why is this going what's going on and it's like people <laughs> People complain about it being too loud, so they have to be too good. It's a concert venue. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you have a concert at the concert venue? Maybe I'm going deaf. Well, uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, maybe it is hit or miss because when I saw the Black Crows there this summer, um, it it sounded pretty – or actually, they weren't there this summer. That was – That was last summer, but last that summer. concert was yeah. crazy, dude. Yeah. There were so many people there. <laughs> yeah, but it sounded pretty good, I thought. Um, we were standing on the back side of the hill, about a third of the way down the back side of the hill, and there was just people, like just people, people, people. You couldn't go any. It was wild. <laughs> well, I went and saw him up at um, Soaring Eagle. That's where that was this summer, and that was outside. Was that Max Saturn opening for him? Yeah, yeah, it was. I haven't listened to those guys too much, but I hear their names everywhere, and I've seen a couple of their videos, and they just look like they're just high energy, like real deal rock and roll man it's so cool that they're yeah local local boys yeah they're they seem to be doing really good and they're um they had a vibe that sort of reminded me of the stones and maybe it's just because their singer just he seems like he's reincarnated of well you know mick jagger's not dead yet but he's <laughs> he's got that guy's moves down i mean he's just like free free Precarnated? Yeah, precarnated. <laughs> do you know? Do you know of a, the magazine Rocket Night out of Florida? Do you know Sharice at all? Uh, no, I don't. Uh -uh. So, um, I've been uh, working with her for like a long time. She does like she'll do write ups and album reviews, and they have uh, photographers everywhere that uh, take pictures of shows. Like they did the Who when they were at uh, Little Caesars Arena recently. Oh, cool. And all that and she told me about max saturn probably about a year ago and the what she said was the lead singer has major mick jagger vibes <laughs> that was like a year ago dude yeah. yeah he does you know they were great i mean but yeah i definitely had a, a very much a rolling stones kind of feel from them but it was probably because of that guy i can't think of his name but um i used to know the drummer he was in another band before the lows that was angelo coppola yeah yeah yep the lows yeah so. I remember that I was man you like you start it's funny like social media is so funny because you don't really know these people but you right like, you know them. if you like saw them in person you'd be like hey I think I know you from the internet <laughs> that's really weird I know that happens you know every once in a while because somebody will come up to me and say hey Chuck and I'm like I don't know who this is but they were <laughs> we're like we're Facebook friends I'm like oh shit sorry man <laughs> I thought you were going to try and sell me B vitamins. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know you were a real person. Right. Uh, so you get the, um, the, the album release on the 23rd. What, what else you got planned in the, in the hopper um, oh. for the band? So uh, December 10th, we're playing at the Crowfoot, uh, the Pike room of the Crowfoot with uh, some friends, Balls Deluxe for their Christmas party. Um, mm -hmm. Them and the band Wide Track, and I can't remember the other band on the bill, and I'm so sorry. So of August. So of August. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're doing that, and then um, January 16th. It's not for sure yet, but we have we have a major announcement coming up. All right. Early January. I don't want to say it yet because it's like just in the works today, but cool. that should be neat. Uh, we have a music video coming out 
uh, on the 16th of December for cool. Pete's song Day Job. Uh, Starting Frank. Honest to Hoyle music video. We have a script and everything. We, really? we actually re- we really did it. Uh, there's even some scenes in black and white. No big deal. Dudes <laughs> of Frank. So, yeah, yeah, my OnlyFans has gone platinum. Uh, no, no, it's really not. Uh, if you would go over my OnlyFans, I'd appreciate it. I could use the traffic. But uh, so we got a music video coming out. We have a bunch of merch coming out. And I'm just excited to see uh, where this goes because this is the first time, you know, we've been doing pretty good uh, as a band getting on decent shows and we've been doing a little festivals here and there, but it's the first time we actually have something to actually promote Yeah, and we'll have our CD release uh, party pictures. We can make a real EPK. Um, yeah. uh, we're going to multicam shoot the release party. Oh, cool. So, um, we'll be able to cut that up and do, uh, hopefully we had a couple cool songs out of it. Maybe the whole thing's really cool. We can make a live album to release down the road. Yeah. Um, so the possibilities there are endless. I've also been trying to at least dip my toes into, I, I record everything we do now, uh, with my zoom audio recorder and three cameras. So if there's nice. anything, that, if lightning strikes, we can make a video out of it. However, it's funny. Um, we were having a really good summer. We were like just on every show. We were just on, man. I was like, I'm going to start recording us. Yeah. And it seemed like as soon as I knew we were recording, like just more, just weren't getting the magic. I was like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, I killed know, it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Red light syndrome. You can't <laughs> know that you're being reported. Yeah. 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 So what? There was some... <laughs> my, my dad's noticed that if, ever you played something cool be like i'm just gonna do that again i'm gonna record it it's like it's oh i know it's, you, you gotta it's be in the already it's already yeah. done you gotta be you in the moment and the moment has passed yeah you don't tell your band tell your band your recordings don't ever say it right so yeah. we got we got all that going on and then uh february 10th we play at a little local festival called the groove hotel up in chelsea michigan with, oh wow uh, with Desmond Jones, Covert Ops, Leroy, uh, the outfit, and oh, the Mac Pods. Nice. So where that is it going to be at? That's in Chelsea. It's called Groove Hotel. Leroy, that's wow. the second time Adam Stone's come up. Yeah, Leroy, oh, there you go. band out of Flint. Oh, um, so that I mean, that's what we got going on. I, I'm. It's been so crazy trying. We had a crazy summer, and then I was probably out at Peter J's two, three nights a week um every week doing something or other working on the record and um at once i got everything submitted to the cd baby and and our disc template maker people and our artwork or our our merch is being done right now everything's like done all my uh communique is done i set up a bunch of interviews and all that and like just the other night i'm like sitting there at my house like looking at my phone like what do i gotta do yeah i don't have anything else to do we just have the cd release party or the album release party and it's like i that's stressing me out more than having a million things to do i can't relax but so i'm gonna probably take a take a month or so and just breathe for a second but right right. well that's good the holidays anyway so just let it let it slide yeah you got you got plastic let the holidays enjoy the holidays you earned it all you guys did Oh, big time. I'm going to get drunk as fuck on New Year's Eve. <laughs> wait, wait, isn't that how we album? Wait, what's <laughs> Well, yeah, I normally don't. So this year is going to be different. <laughs> this year is going to be way different. So, yeah, that going on. But, yeah, we'll just see what happens. Uh, you know, usually there is a kind of a lull through January and a little bit of February anyway. 
Yeah. So we're happy to be on a couple of bigger shows throughout that period. And then, you know, every year, like March, April, it just starts picking up. Pick it up. And it, the last couple of years, especially, it's just been like more and more and more and more. We're getting bigger shows. So it's just word of mouth. And, you know, we work at it. We try and, and stay on it and, and get on bigger shows. And it's word of mouth advertising. So that's all. We just keep doing what we're doing. And it's working. And uh, hopefully we can pick up a nice head of steam with this record yeah people love good. you man you got a good thing you really do yeah cool well guys I, thank you so much for being on fans with bands i've just got one last question for you guys and it's, it's around the table um and i'll start with with frank but pineapple or no pineapple on pizza i had pineapple on my pizza tonight like literally <laughs> an hour ago so pineapple on pizza is good nope oh, oh no. pizza no i'm a no Mike's oh, a no, Pete's Mike's a no. Tony, Tony and Chris are actually here. Tony, why don't you come over here and uh, introduce yourself, buddy? <laughs> this is Slowfoot himself. Yeah, this is Slowfoot. <laughs> hey, how you doing? What's going on, man? <laughs> pineapple or no pineapple on pizza? Yes. Yeah, it can go on. Oh, he's Italian. He's certified Italian. He's good. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fine. Whatever you want. Sardines. Let's do it. <laughs> I like it. Lots of fair. Awesome. <laughs> Chris, what about I you? I like. My I like my pineapple upside down on my front door. <laughs> oh, Pete's into it. Get it, Pete? Oh, you my neighbor? <laughs> yeah, but, won't you, won't you be my neighbor? But. <laughs> so, so Peter, but Peter J, would you get pineapple on your pizza? I'd try it, man. Yeah, I would try yeah. it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Have you ever tried it yet? Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't tried it yet, I feel like you're in the no camp. That's what happened. I just tried it at Matt's this weekend. How'd you think? Really? I was shocked and it was delicious. It was delicious. Really? really? Okay. Chuck, what about you? Right. Well, I, I'm I'm on the no camp because I'm I'm not a sweet and savory person. I like either one or the other, but not together. You're pretty sweet, dude. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I but you know, I keep hearing people say, especially uh pineapple with jalapeno. Uh and so I might have to try it. I don't know. We'll see. Just try it. What's the worst that happens? You hate right, it. Right, exactly. I, That's what I, happened I, to me. Well, I didn't throw up. I hated it. <laughs> and I got to say, yeah. I told you I'd hate yeah. this. Well, what are you going to do? Hey, my sister's on here. Gabriella. You know what else was disappointing? The, that BLT pizza crap that went around. Whoa. Oh, yeah, come on now. <laughs> BLT pizza is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, big time. So I got oh. to check in with Kip. Pineapple or no pineapple? Uh, Totally pineapple. And I'm going to be honest, Chuck, as another fellow bald-headed male, yeah. I totally expected you to have our backs on this one. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry to let you down, man. Yeah, that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Frank, you're, it, this is your sister, Gabrielle. Can you hear yeah, us? Yeah, I don't know if she's uh, paying attention or maybe she's just trying to bolster our views. Yeah, she she's got a three-year-old. She could her, her house could probably be on fire right now. <laughs> my house is on fire because I just burnt my pineapple pizza. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh, awesome. That might be good. That might be good. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Peter Jade that we we've, we've got to give it a try so that everyone you know we can make an intelligent decision. Right. If you roll pineapple, ham, and bacon, you're not going to be upset. Well done. I, the pineapple well done might be. With the yeah. char on it? I mean, all that sounds good without the pizza underneath it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, Lord. So I do have to do one thing before we uh, sayonara here. I haven't mentioned our uh, our supporting acts for oh, yeah. the Elderly yeah. release show, and I definitely want to give those guys a plug uh, for sure. So we have Dan Menard is opening the show, and if you don't know Dan or haven't seen Dan play, he's like the most memorable, fantastic singer you've ever heard uh, with just a powerhouse cannon of a voice, and his nice. songs – are topical they're clever they're well written he's a fantastic guitar player so dan is opening the show uh, cool. for about 45 minutes and then billy brant and the sugaries are playing after us oh um, really and yeah and if you've never seen billy brant uh he's in a new thing called voxana which is kind of more acoustic ish but everything he does is outrageously harmonically just perfect they do like these That's vocal perfect. harmonies that are wonderful all every musician that he plays with is just incredible um check them out you know consult your local library if you need to <laughs> but billy brand the sugaries and damn and so i definitely wanted to give those guys a shout out uh cool. not not forgotten you know yeah for sure and i'll put uh links uh in the uh show notes and i'll i'll be sure to share the um uh, the stuff on social media so you guys Hopefully have a good show on the 23rd. Heck yeah, so, man. Yeah. Well, thanks again, guys, for being on Fans with Bands. I really appreciate it. And thanks, Peter J. and Kip, for joining Oh, as well. it was fun. Dude, thanks, guys. And thank we'll talk again soon, I hope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, thanks guys. for letting me be a fifth wheel. Appreciate it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Kip. Thanks for uh, right, taking man. a break from pounding your butt out there in Chicago, <laughs> bud. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys. Thanks again. Take it easy, Chuck. Thanks. All right. Thanks to Frank, Pete, Mike, Peter J, and Kip for joining me in this episode of Fans of Bands. It was awesome to get to meet the guys from Slowfoot and learn about their new album called Something Good, which you can pick up on December 23rd. Be sure to follow them on Facebook to find out where you can catch them live. I know I will be looking forward to getting out to see Slowfoot in action. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.